You are now listening to the Socks and Sandals podcast. Every time an independent, a truly independent source goes into the Portland Place Bureau, we find chaos. Just one of the people like just told to my managers who like had fired me, they were like, yeah, did you see Tevin's video was on Complex? And he was like, man, dog, they sick, man. Yada, yada. And I was just like, I was laughing because it was just like, you know, bro, like, you know, God, God always got a plan. In that moment, I thought, you know what? I don't care. I'm going to sit here in the middle of this aisle in Target and talk to her and break down what is going on and why she believes that these white Barbie dolls are more valuable or should come home with us over these brown and black Barbie dolls. The Egyptian creation story is a very sexual one. Mm -hmm. And it talks of the god creating himself through a sexual act with himself. So it's a masturbatory big bang like. like I never even hire coaches when I establish a program. I always hire mentors first. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because a mentor gets the big picture. Coach might just get basketball. I want somebody that under X's and I want somebody that's about whole life. I'm not the only podcaster out there. You're not the only marketer out there. Like there's a lot of people doing the same things. But the things that's going to separate you and I from the rest of the people is that we become our best selves and we just don't quit. So what is the gospel? What is the pure, unadulterated yes, gospel? Yes, yes, and that is what I live by, because the moment this changes is the moment I'm leaving Christianity. Okay. The pure, unadulterated gospel, and I can say it in one sentence, but I'll elaborate. For sure. Is love God and do whatever the fuck you want. Socks and Sandals podcast, where society, culture, history, and religion collide, and we unapologetically discuss our worldviews. It's your guy, Emmanuel. I'm back in the stew here in K-Boo, and uh, this episode here is brought to you by me. I love y'all, all right? So, this is going to be my real 2019 year-end review, just year-end wrap-up. I know I teased that on the other episode, but I just got, I was so deep into my bag that I uh I couldn't I couldn't get out of it. So, um yeah, man, let's first of all, thank you to everybody. Um this this year has been so amazing and that's no hyperbole. Like this it's kind of hard to put it in words, but this year has just been it's been special. It's been very special. Um 2018, I started the podcast in 2017, had no idea what I was doing absolutely no idea was just figuring it out from week to week stuck with it started picking up some traction and I was like yo I could do this (laughs) like I could really do this like I've been wanting to do this for a while I'm doing it I went I, I hurdled over most of my doubts and I'm like yo I can really do this right and then 2018 quit my job and really put, pursued this thing full time. 2018 was amazing because as soon as I quit my job and, and started pressing this line a little bit harder, not a little bit harder, a lot harder, you know what I mean? 
it was like I was meeting people that I otherwise would not have met if I still worked a nine to five. And that's still the reason why I won't work a nine to five unless it's extremely flexible. Um, and cause I just, I just need to be able to network and have these conversations even before I have these conversations that, that you guys hear these, you know, 90 minute, two hour, three hour conversations. Typically I'm, I'm meeting with folks and, um, I'm having that conversation and more, you know, two or three hours. And so it's, there's a lot of time, a lot of effort that goes into putting this thing together. And I need that flexibility. Um, and so me having a flexible schedule is key. Uh, or it was it was very key in in doing this but 20 so 2018 was like I was really getting in man it was it was a blessing um shout out to my guy Ben Katoko um he really he really blessed me by uh, when I was helping out with Camp Elso and still serving as a board member and he was working there he was a camp counselor and, and just a great friend of 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 the organization of everyone and so he introduced me to the homie Tevin Tavares, man. He was like, oh my God, Tevin, man, you need to talk to him based upon what you what you do on your podcast. Like, you need to meet him, bro. I'm like, oh, that's that's what's up. And then Tevin has been, I, and I've told this to him, and Tev, like, sometimes, sometimes you don't know when people is really, you know what I mean, like being genuine, and I can understand that, bro. And, and I've told you this, and I, I can't express it to you enough, bro. Like, me meeting you has really changed my life, bro, because... Um, you introduced me to Oba. Like we had one conversation. He was like, yo, you gotta meet O. <laughs> you gotta meet Oba, man. Like y'all the same age, y'all on the similar path. Like you doing podcasting, but you want to get into radio. He's doing radio. He wants to get into podcasting. You guys have similar interests. Like you guys are both doing rides here, but you really are, are focusing on broadcasting and, and just getting into that lane. So he's like, bro, he has a show. I'm going to connect you. And he connected me with Oba. And if y'all been listening, y'all know that me and Oba have done a lot of work together, man. And shout out to Oba, like my guy, bro. Like you brought me into the studio and into into the radio station and got me exposed to this, man. And just our friendship, man. I've learned a lot from you and just a lot from our friendship, our interactions. Like we go at it. We butt heads. But there's a lot of growth and a lot of clarity that has come from our conversations, man. And so, and I'm going to get into that. Some of these episodes that we've done have been easily my, my best, my best episodes, man. And, um, and just, yeah, just the best episodes on this show because it's just been some great dialogue. And I just love what Oba brings to the table with his perspective. And I just love how different we are, man. Like, even though y'all be hearing this argument, we'd be going back and forth. It's genuine. Like we are so different. But that's it's good, man. Like, that's what I want. You know, like I want people to hear different sides of the spectrum and you decide, you know, you take the nuggets of truth out of there from both sides because nobody is ultimately 100 percent correct in their conclusions. Right. We draw conclusions based upon different things. But like you can hear a little bit of my side. I'm like, yeah, man, I, I dig that. And then you hear Oba's like, yo, I, I mean. Actually, I, I kind of dig that part. I, you know what I mean? So it's it's really good, man. It's really good dialogue that we've had, man. But um, I wanna I wanna go back to the to the top of the year. Let's start at the top of the year, man. Uh, and this and this was, bro. And so uh, before I get into the episodes, so in 2018, I might have told y'all, but I was definitely telling myself and in, in my goals. I'm like, yo, 2018 is the year of monetizing because I didn't I didn't. 
I hadn't made any money from the podcast up to that point. In 2018, I, I told myself 2019 is going to be the year of me monetizing this podcast and really making some money, man. Like, I got, I have to do it. Like, I can't be doing this for free forever, you know, because I'm definitely going to burn myself out if I don't get any monetary anything from this, right? So, and, and that's the point, man. I'm trying to, you know, this is all about entrepreneurship and building your own platform and, and building up your own business and broadcasting yourself and, and turning yourself into a business, right? Like, we should all strive for that. There's nothing, that's, that's an amazing thing to do. So, um, so yeah, man, 2019 was the year of monetizing and, you know, uh, shout out to Perry Gardner, man. We, we did that. We did the joint at the, um, at the, at the library with, with T.Y., Tyler Monk and, um, Eric, oh, so many Eric's. I, I always, the last name always escapes me. E. Knox, Eric Knox, Eric Knox. So we did that, uh, at the library. Uh, for for the Multnomah County, and that was that was dope, man. The live show that we did for them, and um, that relationship didn't work out the way that we wanted it to. Um, just with with socks and sandals and Multnomah County, and because the, the county got a lot going on, and they always got so many moving parts and so many different people making decisions. But I was glad to get in there at the time that I did, so that we can make that happen. So that was great. Um, so salute to Perry for, for me being the plug and making that happen. Um, salute to Sprinter and all the folks at Camp Elso for her to just think of me to to facilitate that that event and doing that event with Amir Streeter and, and Eddie Hill. That was an amazing live show. We had some had a great conversation with both of them. Um, Amir just brought so much knowledge and, and she was dope and she she told some good stories and Eddie was amazing and. He was just hilarious and just his natural black ass self, man. It was that that was a good time, like and that and it was it was funny. I was nervous about that event because I'm like, yo, it's a big paid gig. It's a live. It was my first live show, and it was just like, yo, I've never done like I've done it live on Facebook, but I've never done it in front of people. Like, I don't know how this is gonna go over, and it went over way better than I intended, or way better than I thought. And I was just like, yo. This is dope. I need to do this more. And so 2020 live shows coming 2020. Like that's definitely a goal that I need to accomplish putting on my own live show. Uh, we all come together in the city and just make make some dope events happen. Right. So. Um, so that was another uh, paid gig that was just like I didn't didn't even see it coming, but it, it came and it was just like, Yo, this is this is amazing. Like and now that's just an ongoing relationship. And then uh, shout out to Ty man, he had me come through, and 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 speak. It wasn't paid, but he had me do a keynote speech in February, um, and that was dope. That was life changing, to be honestly, Ty, because uh, you know my wife Renita, she came through to support me uh, doing a keynote, and then she had, she was inquiring. She's like, "Yo, what is Tyler's job? <laughs> like, what does he do? Like, he gets to work with kids all day." And she was like. To be honest, she was fed up working in corporate America and not making the type of impact that she feel like she can make on people. And so she seen what T.Y. was doing. And I even realized that she slipped him, pulled him to the side and was like, hey, look, she, she told me after the fact, she's like, yo, I want to I want to do what you do. Like if if your job is hiring people for any position, like I want to be able to work with people and to make an impact, a positive impact on people. I'm tired of working in corporate America. So a couple months later. Um, a position came up, T.Y. had her in mind, and he plugged her, and she went in there and beat out a few very good candidates, 
and she got the job of her dreams working for a nonprofit, really, you know, helping out kids, foster kids. And, you know, and she comes from that background, not her, but like her, um, she had what two, she had two foster sisters growing up. And so she knows about that life and, and she can empathize and bro. So it's, so that was life changing for us, for my family, me getting that opportunity to speak. And then my wife being able to change her from for profit to nonprofit. No, like working nights and weekends and all types of crazy hours to having a consistent schedule. And it just it worked. It did so many things for our family and it helped me be able to record more consistently and not having to record at, you know, random times. So, man, my life has been better for just going out there and pursuing and networking with these people. So salute to you, T.Y. And also T.Y. had me come speak to his students one time. Um, and that was a paid gig. So I, I appreciate you for that because everything counts, man. Every little bit counts, man. And that and and that was amazing. I was just an amazing experience. And, and it, yeah, it, it was an awesome opportunity. And then shout out to my guy, Tim, man. Like he he plugged me with SCI and came up with the idea of having me do a podcasting course. Like <laughs> I had no intention of doing it. But when he came with to me with the idea because they were trying to do some new things for the after school program at SCI. I'm like, yo, of course, like, yes, like, let's go. And so getting that, you know, getting that off the ground and and developing that content. So now I can use that as um, I can pitch that just not for just the ASP that he has, but like any other nonprofits or or private individuals that just want to get coached up on podcasting. So I got a course. So that's my, that's my pitch. <laughs> I got a course right now, y'all. So um, if you want if you want to be individually coached on what it takes to stay to start a podcast, starting from your idea to the name, to the to the whole functionality of, of how it's going to work for you on a week to week basis. Yo, I got all of that covered in my course. So holla at me, Socks and Sandals Podcast at Gmail. Um, yeah, just hit me on on the Gmail, Socks and Sandals Podcast at Gmail. Uh, any you or anyone that you know is looking to start a podcast show i got that i got that work all right so but yeah man that was um that was that was that was a great that was a great opportunity once again uh to monetize and to just grow business wise and to connect with other other folks that was teaching asp courses and and the the opportunities that are in the works from that so man 2019 was a great year for monetizing and just getting things, getting the ball rolling. In 2020, we're going to go bigger and, and better. We're going to monetize even more. And um, the business model that I'm that I'm forming right now, I'm excited. <laughs> I am excited. I'm so excited, man. I cannot wait. So with all that, all that being said, let's dig into some of these episodes, man. So let's top of the year, top of the year. Shout out to my baby. Hey, Mrs. Williams. I have my wife, the love of my life, Renita Williams on the podcast. Everything is love. Episode 85. We had actually recorded it in October of 2018, but we put it out. I put it out 2019. Um, and, and this was a surprise. And I, I really didn't want to put it out, put it out because I, it was so transparent and, you know, when it comes to your marriage, man, you just, you know, you get real protective of the information and everybody being privy to, you know, I mean, you don't want everybody in your business and trying to give you tips and all. 
you know, whatever. I, I don't like that, you know, but we put it out and I was blown away at the response and so many people that just loved that episode and just the, the transparency and people like that were going back and and like old like it was people that had been married for years and it's like yo i had to review some things that we were doing and me and my husband sat down and we changed a few things up based upon what you said and how we vacation and how many trips we take it was crazy and, and some of my my other partners was just like you know more recently married you know because we have been married seven years at that point it's eight years now shout out to that you know what i mean but uh you know it was like yo man like y'all y'all some ogs i'm like man we just getting started bro <laughs> excuse me but um but yeah, man, let me let me play a little clip from that, and we're going to get back to it. What would you say is, like, on this journey, what's been the best part of it for you? The best part has been us growing. Um, growing individually, challenging each other to grow, um, even when we didn't, even when it wasn't on purpose. Um, and what I mean by that is... Going through situations, the good things, you know, that came out of it. And us being committed. Like, we literally sat down and was like, are you in this? Are we in this together? Mm. And coming up with a plan to just elevate our marriage, elevate each other, support each other on the adventures that we want to do. Um, I think that is, has been the best the best thing for us, the best thing that I've enjoyed the most is seeing you grow and just your turning point, seeing me grow and just understanding that we are a unit. This in marriage, you are a unit. Um, if I do something, it reflects you. If you do something, it reflects me. So I think that's been the best thing is just seeing us grow together and all right so um next episode that was super dope super dope from from 2019 man um shout out to mad hatter the hood nurse my guy tory dooley man his story out of all the episodes that i've done because i known this brother and i knew i remember the beginning because I've known Tori for a long time. I remember the beginning before he even went on his journey. And we, and we talked about it in the episode, how like he was still a mechanic and he was kind of like in a position where I was, I was at a little bit later in my life where he was doing something, but like he knew that wasn't what he was supposed to do. He knew it. Like he was like, yo, like I'm, yo, this is what was given to me. This is something I, I inherited my family, my dad, my grandfather, they was mechanics, but like, yo, I, this this ain't for me, man. And he was it was a time where he was helping. Uh, he was fixing my wife's car. We weren't married yet, but he was he was fixing Renita's car, and he was helping me out. And uh, and he was just so gracious when he was doing it, man. And he he barely charged for labor, man. He was just like, bro, just get the parts. And he was just like, yo, just give me some Jack's chicken, because <laughs> she lived like right on knife. Uh, and like, what was that, Mason or Shaver or something? So Jax is right up on Alberta. So he's like, bro, just you read right down the street, bro. Just give me some Jax and I'm good. You know what I mean? And like, but me hearing his story, like fully, cause I, I, cause we hadn't, we hadn't really seen each other. We see each other in passing, see each other at church, whatever. Um, I would make, he would send me some, 
some samples from time to time back when I was still barely making beats and I would make some beats for him. And, you know, he was he was keeping me going music wise. But we just had our limited interactions. It was always love. But like I remember that day um, when I seen his his Instagram posts of him becoming a nurse, because when he was fixing the car, he was telling me how he wanted to be a nurse. And I'm just like, yo, you can go from a mechanic to being a nurse. And he was like, yo, this is what I want to do. Like, man, these people get paid how much to help people? Like, yo, like this, like, that's all I want to do is help. And that's who he is, man. Like he was one of those people that showed me like what authenticity, like what the value of being your authentic self really was, you know, like it didn't matter what his circumstance was. And just the journey, bro, the journey, I had no idea what he went through to get that nursing degree. But his story was just like, yo, that's, that's a movie. Like, that's a motion picture. But it's like motion pictures make everything seem so good, and it happens so fast. And so at the end of the movie, you feeling so good, and, you know, you don't really think about all the bad times and all the hardship. But this man really went through it with his family, man, living out of all that. So let me play a little clip. And um, and I, I say all that to say that, yo, man, this this conversation, like in the moment, I was so deeply impacted by his story, man. Like I almost shed tears. Like it was crazy. It was so triumphant, but he had to go through so much. He had to go through so much, man, but he got it. He got to the finish line and this man is on IG every day, just giving blessings, man. Just grateful, just showing gratitude and inspiring and showing love, man. And he was one of them people, man, that was just, he just kept saying love. He was talking about religion. He was like, man, just love, bro. You you know you can't get caught up in this religion stuff, man. Every, everything that they taught us, man, it ain't it ain't what it's cracked up to be, bro. Just love, and so um, I'm giving away all the episodes. If you haven't listened to that episode, episode 96, man, do yourself a favor, man. Listen to that story. Listen to his story, man. It is it is life changing. I promise you, no cap. With all with all that being said, man, let's play a clip. Saw the most amazing like m miraculous movements in the hands of God for mm. real like incredibly amazing bro mm. like we were I was still in the motorhome at the time you know what I'm saying we were still living in the motorhome bro let me describe this motorhome to you too you know what I'm saying <laughs> okay. to give you a little bit of a breakdown the motorhome was a 1983 Fleetwood Pace Arrow wow it had a, a leaky roof from front to back. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Um, so we had it, had it covered in tarps and everything on all sides. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then, like, it was it was broke down, bro. Nothing on the inside of the joint worked. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It had bed bugs. You know what oh, I'm saying? Man. All that stuff. Like, but my kids had to sleep on the mattress. We gave them a, the mattress, the For good sure. mattress, For and then sure. we slept on the couch. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That was in the front of the motorhome. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So nightly, you know what I'm saying? We'd have to wake up and change the towels that were over our feet. You know what I'm saying? So we, so we could, like, stay dry. You know wow. what I'm saying? And like with the heat, bro, it was in the middle of the dead winter and everything. It's crazy, bro. You know what I'm saying? So we yeah. Anyhow, you know what I'm saying? That was the motorhome. I was driving back and forth to George Fox, bro. And, and that's in Newburgh. Yeah, bro. That's and I was living in Oregon City. Oh, man. So if y'all don't know, that's like, you know what I'm saying, a 40 mile, 50 mile drive. That's one crazy. way. You know that's what I'm saying? Crazy. Yeah, bro. You know what I'm saying? So I was driving back and forth doing that, you know what I'm saying, every day. 
but like I would see little miracles, man. Like one one this lady, I'll never forget her name, though. Elizabeth Tolan. If you out there, if you ever listen to this, yo, you are like, yo, I'll never forget you. This lady walked up to me and was like, yo, who are you? Blah, 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 whatever. You know what I'm saying? What's going on with you? So I told her about who I was and what I was going through at the time. She was like, whoa, I'll see you later. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And bro, like not three days later, bro, she stepped to me and was like, hey, I got something for you. Come over here real quick. I want to take you to the, you know what I'm saying, the student union office. Mm-hmm. Bro, she handed me an a, a envelope in it with $300 cash and was like, make sure your kids have a good Christmas, you know what I'm saying, and make sure you guys get a good meal for the holidays. Wow. I was like, bro, I'm living in the vehicle, bro, yeah, feet yeah. wet, you know what I'm yeah, saying, yeah. kids is hungry, and she provided that. Yeah. All right, man. So yeah, that was that was an amazing episode. So let's fast forward to March fourth. March fourth, twenty nineteen, um, is when I put out the episode, the Egyptology episode with Kara Cooney. Man, I mean, what what can I say about this episode? For one, it's it's the most listened to episode that that I have. Um, period across all platforms the most listened to episode um Kara it's, it's just amazing how this came about because and we talk about it in the episode I was doing Uber and I picked her up um she was leaving from her hotel and going to OMSI and it was like middle of the day it was like 10 10 30 when I picked her up. I was like Man, who goes to OMSI at like 10 o'clock and so I struck up a conversation with her and I just remember I don't even remember her face because you don't really remember faces when you're looking at people through a rearview mirror. But I just remember her voice and her energy and how, um, man, like the frequency that she spoke with was just so warm and inviting and welcoming and genuine. And she was just sharp and intuitive and likable. And I was like, man, this girl, this chick, not chick, this woman, <laughs> she she's dope, man. And then she was just like, oh, yeah, so by the way, which was, you know, she was telling me what, what she did and um, told me that she was, you know, doing the exhibit. Um, I think it was the King Tut exhibit or just like the Egypt whatever exhibit that was going on at OMSI. Um, and we just got into the origins of Egyptian people and just like race things and just all these things that I, that I talk about on the podcast and told her I do a podcast and once I told her that she was really interested that I did it and I was just telling her about the topics and she's like oh my god that's amazing like yo that's that's I like that <laughs> you know what I mean and so and so um and I was like you know I would love to have you on she's like oh yeah for sure for sure let me let me give you my email um and boom emailed her and typically you know when you when when you're dealing with and when you're dealing with people that like have um, some level of celebrity or just position in whatever field that they do, um, they don't necessarily reciprocate the energy that you give to them. Um, but Kara, she is one of those people that definitely reciprocated uh, in a in an amazing way and beyond this episode. Um, her introducing me to her friend, Rebecca, Rebecca Peabody, who wrote um, a book, Consuming Stories, wrote a book about the art of Kara Walker. 
that was an amazing book. And that was just some information that I had never been exposed to. But just Kara being the type of person that would do that, like she genuinely enjoyed our conversation and followed up, you know, and like I didn't even ask her. Like she just hit me up out of the blue like a couple months later. Um, I want to say like later in the spring or in the summer of of 20 of this year, 2019. And she was just like, yo, I really, I think based upon your content, you should talk to my friend. She works at the Getty research Institute. Uh, did I say that right? Getty Institute, whatever Getty. She works at the Getty, <laughs> uh, Institute of research. I'll say it like that. And she's a professor at USC. Uh, I was like, wow, you professor at UCLA. She at USC y'all beefing. You know what I mean? That's that red on that blue, that blood and crit. No, but, um, but yeah, man. So she, she, uh, she, um, plugged me with, Rebecca and that turned out being a really impactful, really meaningful, valuable conversation. And so, but beyond beyond that, just digging into the episode, man, I will never forget. Like this, this is one of those episodes that help. It wasn't the straw that broke the camel's back, but when we started getting talking into like the religious things and like what other religions kind of derive from or draw from um the egyptian religious systems per se and then when she was just like oh the virgin birth like this is an egyptian notion and you know and she was just like oh and she was going into it and it was like things that i had heard but it was just like the level of conviction and authenticity that she had been giving me since we had met in Portland. And I had this conversation with her, you know, for, for the podcast over the phone. And it was just like, yo, like how many times am I going to hear this and deny the truth? <laughs> like, I can't, I can't have this cognitive dissonance any longer. Like I just, I got to stop fighting and just accept the truth of history, man. And how this, how the Bible was formed and how these stories came together. So um, this episode was very profound. Um, on, it, it profoundly impacted my life and definitely profoundly impacted the podcast. Once again, the most listened to episode. So, and that's one of the clips that I play in the intro is, uh, from, from this episode. So without further ado, let's play a little clip here. Um, how much of modern religion was extracted from Egypt that you know of? More than we think, mm -hmm. more than we think. So think of, I grew up Roman Catholic mm -hmm. and Roman Catholicism, like you, you take the, the moment in the altar where you are going to turn that bread into the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. And it is a mystery and it is a God-given thing, but you have to go through the ritual in a particular way to get that to happen, to mm -hmm. get the divinity to enter into the bread. Mm -hmm. Before you do that, you create a circle of containment using incense and you take the incense and you go around the altar and you make sure that you have created almost like a witch's circle if you like a, a circle of of sanctity of protection that is egyptian the incense is egyptian um and and using that incense in that way to create a sacred space is an egyptian thing to transform a divinity into a form that one can ingest, you know, drink the blood, eat the bread. Those are rather Egyptian things. And, and you can read a lot of magical spells where you, you pull from divinity and you 
you drink something or you ingest something after pouring it onto a statue of a god of you know showing Horus as a child or, or something you pour water or beer on there and you ingest it and that is a, a very Egyptian thing and of course bread is um, the idea that bread is life that's that's a very Egyptian notion and then to take that even further you know the idea of the mother and child the the Mary image holding the, the baby Jesus, that's mm-hmm. Isis holding Horus. Mm-hmm. And and the similarities are so clear to, to me, but for the ancient people, they often took over statues of Isis and Horus and made them into the Virgin Mary and the Christ child and reused them in that way because mm-hmm. it was very easily reused. And then the biggest one for me that I think is so cool and so interesting is the virgin birth itself. Mm. This is an Egyptian notion that the God creates himself, that he does not need any sort of femininity. He doesn't need um, to, he, he creates himself with his own spark. And, and I hope I don't shock your listeners, but the Egyptian creation story is a very sexual one. Mm-hmm. And it talks of the God creating himself through a sexual act with himself. So it's a masturbatory big bang, if you like, that created the world the first time Mm. and then creates the world every day. The sun God impregnates his own mother with his own future self. Um, Osiris, after his death every season from, from his uncle or from his brother, Seth reaches out his hand to his phallus and recreates himself. Um, to create the flooding of the Nile. It is meant to be a giant ejaculation. But that masculine creation, I know, I hope I don't A giant so ejaculation. I know, you should see me teaching undergraduates this stuff. They're like, I'm sorry, what did you just say? I just, <laughs> just said that, I just did. Um, but that's the way Egyptians present it, so that's the way I, I, I teach it and, and work with it. Um, so we are the seeds of God, that's that's what exactly. they're saying. Exactly, okay. and this idea that you, the, the, that Jesus is, the, the father God creating himself by impregnating Mary with his own Holy Spirit, his, his um, seat, if you like, mm. um, not to shock your listeners too much, um, is... This is, is all about very, unapologetic expression. They, they won't be shocked. Just okay, good, good, good. <laughs> It's a very Egyptian notion, this virgin birth. And, it, you know, you look at it, you're like, I don't understand who's what woman's going to give birth without having ever had sex with a man. And everyone, you know, when you read the story, you read your Luke or whatever, your gospels, you're everyone's shocked. And how could she have gotten pregnant without having known a man? Um, it seems rather ridiculous, but for the Egyptians, I mean, they would have understood this. Mm-hmm. This is, this is Osiris creating himself as Horus mm-hmm. and it, it fits perfectly. So the, the amount of Egyptian religion that's embedded uh, cognitively, cerebrally within within Christianity is a lot. Man, so dope. So dope. Next, man, the next week, like this, March was a good month. <laughs> March was an amazing month. So I had Kara and then back to back with my next best episode as far as listens. I don't think this is my best episode but let's i'm gonna just go ahead and just talk about this whole series man the nikki giovanni and james baldwin 1971 conversation um that me and oba um listened to and reacted to and had a man a very robust for lack of a better term we had a robust series of conversations based upon this video and we really haven't finished it oh like there's a good chunk 
of that um of that conversation that we didn't even go over. I think we only got into like an hour, maybe an hour and 20 minutes um, of that video. And there's a good 30 or 40 minutes left that we haven't touched. <laughs> so really some good material that can still come out of that. So we, we, we might do a part four, but we did three parts on it starting in March. Um, the first part, part one is, has been the most shared and the most listened to for good reason. Um, and parts two and three were very amazing and they've been played a lot as well. I would say part three to me was me and Oba's best episode, our best conversation, most cohesive, um, and just, it flowed well. And I give 97% of the credit to Oba because he facilitated it and Oba, bro, like your facilitation skills like when you're on that side of the of the conversation, that side of the mic, when you're running the conversation and facilitating it, like I was sitting there felt like I almost felt like I was being interviewed. But we you know, we had a very good dialogue, but um, it was like, yo, like the way that you prepared, bro. Like your preparation was amazing. And your execution, oh, bro, like. I just if you I know I told you in person and, and it was I I want to stress and I want to reiterate, bro, how amazing of a job you did on that third part of the Nikki Giovanni James Ball in 1971. Like part three, bro. I and I had multiple people tell me, like, yo, that's that's the best episode you've ever done, bro. And I'm like, yeah, it I I agree. <laughs> Like that, that episode flowed so well and the content that we was hitting on, man, it was, it was deep. Like that was some good work, bro. Like that's one for the ages. Like it ain't, ain't too many podcasts giving it up. Like what we gave up on that one, bro. And so episode uh, part three, we, we had took a few weeks of a break and we, that one came out April the 15th, man. So better yet. Yeah. With, with all these parts, I'm going to play a clip from part three, man, because that was an amazing episode. So let's let's get into that. But in the, per in the mind of the person who is doing it, he's not mistreating you. Well, I'm not dealing with that. Well, I'm not going. I'm not going to even. I mean, let's not for a minute. Let's say in the mind of, let's say your father, who is just an example, mm -hmm, or the mind mm -hmm, of my father. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? He is being mistreated. I'm mm -hmm. not going to deal with the cracker that's mistreating him. Mm -hmm. I'm going to deal with him. Mm -hmm. He knows that he is not being treated with the respect due him mm -hmm. as a person, mm -hmm. as a black man. Mm -hmm. Okay. In order to, like, get that together when mm -hmm. he comes into that house, mm -hmm. he begins to, like, brutalize my mother, mm -hmm. for example. Mm -hmm. You see mm -hmm. what I mean? Which mm -hmm. becomes like a phenomenon to me because I don't like white people and I'm afraid of black men, right? Mm -hmm. If you could follow what I'm saying without anybody well. writing a letter and saying, sister, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, but you can... Okay, so where do, what do you do? Listen, you have to... I think it's, what it's you have... It's a cycle. Mm. What do you do? Shots fired. That is such an interesting conversation. Bang, bang. Um, shouts out to one of my friends that's having a really tough time in the dating field when it comes to Portland. And <laughs> Shouts out to her. For sure. Because she's had <laughs> some really, really interesting uh, discussions with black men. Um, she's had some white guys that are telling her, you know what I mean, trying to get some of her time and things like that. And it seems to me that she feels that black men are pushing her into the arms of white men. Wow. And I feel like this part of this video was really interesting because the trauma, whatever we're, whatever situations that we've been dealing with as a, as a, as a collective, as a culture, um, 
black men <laughs> are going to take statement, bro. Which, which one? Black men are pushing her into the arms of white men. That's funny. That's it. That's from her. That's from her mouth. Wow. And that is that is something that she is struggling to deal with, but she also doesn't understand how to become the person that she doesn't know how to catch what she wants. I think that's the best way to put that, right? Mm-hmm. So when I'm listening to Nikki talk about I am I don't like white people, but I'm afraid of black men. Where does that stand? Where does that take place in this community? Because we haven't healed from the trauma of the 50s. We haven't healed from the epidemics of the 70s and 80s. Where does this where does this where does this play out when it comes to the family dynamic, when it comes to um, what, 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 I, put, I wrote a note saying that it's almost like Nikki doesn't understand that hurt people hurt people. Right. Mm-hmm. So when the person that's at the foreman, when the person that's at the job and he's getting harassed and he's getting abused and he feels like he has to take it because he has nine children at home. Mm-hmm. So when he does come home, he has to put on a show for home as well. Right. She said something a couple minutes that, you know, in a couple minutes that I thought was really captivating as well. But where is where is that person's um, do you think that that works? Do you think that you can't come home and be genuine with your significant other if you're not going to be significant with people on the outside? You know, what I mean, like- well, I mean, it's it's a unique conversation for that time. I mean, the times are different now. So like I was saying, like we're not subject to what they were subject to in the 40s and 50s. But you know? we and I understand that we have so, our own issues with that. We have our own understanding yeah. of white supremacy and how it affects us at the workplace. Yeah. When it comes to not having and having to support a family and seeing somebody does is, that doesn't look at you as an equal but might see you as subservient to them. Mm-hmm. How do all these things play out when it comes to the modern workplace and how you take that do you have you in the past internalized that stress and put on, you know, a show for your family as well? Or has it been you know, do you just shove? Yeah. Do you express it at home? You're like, yo, babe, I just haven't had a good day. I don't want to talk at home. Blase, blase. Yeah. How, how has that been able to well, be mitigated I, I, with I you will personally? Say, I will say because for the most part, I've been in a line of work where it's pretty much do for self. Um, I've always been in sales. I've never really been in sales. Wow. Word, man. man that, was, that was so good. So if y'all haven't listened to it, man, once again, um, part one, Nikki Giovanni and James Baldwin, 1971. Part one, that is, what is that? That's episode 104. Part two is episode 105. And part three is episode 108. So when you get a chance, man, y'all should listen to that. If you haven't already done so, a lot of y'all that's listening probably already listened to that. That may have been the reason that you came here. But, um, Listen to that series, man. It's it's amazing. And in in the podcasting world, I'm trying to tell you, ain't there's nobody that was giving it up like giving it up like the way that we gave it up on that on that series, man. That's just is it, it was a masterpiece, like for real, for real, for real. So <clears throat> next episode that was just really impactful, very dope for me was Black Cowboys Matter, um, episode one fifteen. With my guy, Ramonte McConnell, Rodeo Ramonte, man, he he hit me up uh, on IG, um, hit hit my DMs and just told me about himself. Um, I don't know, did we meet first? No, we didn't even 
we just we just went from an IG conversation to like I think a couple of days later he was at my house. <laughs> and and we just made it happen. Like literally like two days later. I think he hit me up on on the weekend or something like that. And then like the Tuesday of that next week, he was at the house. Um, uh, if, if I'm not mistaken. Or may it might have been maybe a week in between. But everything happened so fast, but it was crazy. It was perfect timing because um what's his name? Lil Nas X had just came out and was, you know, uh what was the song? Um Old Town Road was was popping and it's like, yo, there's this black, this real life old town road, you know what I mean? So his his story was just so unique. Um and it was I, I just felt proud that he he chose me, you know, chose socks and sandals to want to showcase his story. And just the fact that I could put out some content that was highly unique and that's that's a lot of what I do is like I want to put out very unique content that you can't get anywhere else. You know, stuff that cannot be duplicated, you know. So um, this this story, he had a great story, an amazing story. And so I got some others I, I want to go through and I want to be too long winded on this. So let me just go ahead and play a clip from this, man. Uh, episode 115, Black Cowboys Matter with Rodeo Ramonte. My son was excited for you to come on. He don't know I you. Know. But I was like, hey, man, I got a, a black cowboy coming yeah. on. And he was just like, oh, like Old Town Road? I'm yeah. like, yeah, it's an Old Town Road type dude. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So with you doing this for a couple of years uh-huh. and then this song just blowing up, what has Old Town Road done for you and your movement? That's you know what crazy, mean? man. My yeah. Instagram is, man, my mom is, you know, sending me this video. My dad, friends, everybody's like, dude, listen to this song. It reminds me of you. And I'm just yeah. like, man, that's crazy. But I think um, it's but definitely. Or were you the inspiration man. for that song? The little Nazi you doing your thing. It was like, hey, man, I got to. You know what? I think so. <laughs> I ain't going to lie, man. I think so, man. They see us, man. The world tries to ignore Word. us. But they, they, bro, they see us, man. Um, like, like, like. Yeah, man. Salute to you, bro. Appreciate you for coming through, man. We, we still got to link up. Got to get my son out there and get get the family out there so we can ride some horses, man, and uh, and just see what that's about. So, um, man, the racial identity series, man, that was that was so amazing, man. It was whew. this is the one that had me going long on my <laughs> started started pushing that three hour limit on on conversations because I was. It was it was amazing how the racial identity series came together. Um, I had no idea who would respond and what stories would come from this, but like every this was a five part series, and it was actually supposed to be six, but I had so much content, I was like, man, I don't want to drag it out. Um, and so one of the people that I was supposed to have on, if you listening, you know who you are. I apologize, but I just I had so many dope conversations. They were so long. I was like, you know what? This is this is a lot. I don't want to overdo it, but man, five amazing conversations. Shout out to uh, uh, man Camille. Shout out to Karen, Paul, Valerie, Austin. Man, y'all y'all did an amazing job. You guys were transparent, shared your stories. Some of the stories were about their individual experiences, about their children, um, you know how how their parents raised them and and and. And help them in in their journey of dealing with being shoot light skinned or biracial or whatever whatever the case might have been. Um, it was it was just it was just amazing. It was very profound. It was just like the things that people go through. Um, 
you you just never know. And especially with the dark skin, light skin, colorism issue, not I got to stop saying colorism, but the light skin, dark skin issue. I don't have to stop saying colorism. I, what, I'm, what I'm trying to get at is I was using the term colorism towards light skin folks. And I think I was using it incorrectly. I, I feel like the colorism is more of it's a negative thing towards those that are darker. That's what the colorism is about, not the light. But still, just the light skin, dark skin um, issue that we have in the black community, there are negative effects that light-skinned people have to deal with from that. There are positive things. There is privilege that comes with that. But there is identity issues that comes from that battle of having to not being light enough and not being dark enough, not being white enough, not being black enough, all that type of stuff. And so um, I really, even though I'm a, you know, a, a darker-skinned person, I do like have great empathy for those that are light-skinned and have to deal with that and always have to fight for their level of authenticity, you know, and cause I'm, I'm really big on that. And so, um, the stories that were shared were just, was just amazing. And I, I'm, I'm so grateful for that. And so, um, these episodes started these, I started the series in the middle of July, July 15th, and it went through August the 20th, man, five part series. And I think I, I was taking like a little, a few breaks because some of the episodes were so long. It was like, yo, <laughs> Let me give y'all two weeks to digest this three hour conversation because I'm not trying to hit y'all with, you know, three hours after three hours after three hours and all that because that's a lot to, to digest. But um, but yeah, man, let me let me get into this. I'm gonna go ahead and play the episode that I <clears throat> that I will say personally, I enjoyed the most, man, reconnecting with my guy, Paul Jerome Peters. Man, that was that was amazing because we hadn't really talked since middle school. And uh, but we've been we've been vibrating on on a very similar level for a long time. And we just had a really good conversation, man, on and off the mic. But uh, yeah, let me give you a little piece of part four, episode 123 of the racial. And that's the racial identity series. Part four with Paul Jerome Peters. Got older, I started to realize um, when somebody comes at you like that and it's like a negative, that's not really about me. Right. Because I don't know you. Right. So it's really it's not about projection. me. It's, yeah. it's, so you're feeling something. Right. About you. Mm. And then you just feel like I'm a target. Mm. But as a kid, so as a little kid, I didn't understand it. I took it personal. I think we all the did. Older, the yeah. older you get, you realize, oh, okay, so you're not saying this because I did something to you or because you know me or mm -hmm. I've affected you. Mm -hmm. So something else is going on over there. Right. And I just happen to be the one that's getting hit by it. Right. So once I started to realize that it became easier to let it roll off. Yeah. It just became easier to be like, okay, okay. So I'm light skinned cool. I'm yeah. Has nothing to do with me. Nothing to do with you. So this is whatever you're you just doing. happen to show up. Yep. I just happen to be in the space. All right. Let me, let me speed through this, man. Um, Shoot, August 26th, Godish, my guy, Quincy Robinson, bro. Life changing. I keep saying that, man, but these these conversations really are helping to shape and mold my life and my beliefs and my reality, man. And so just taking in information that I was not privy to 
um, certain things that I was thinking that I had little hunches about. I had already at this point fully removed myself from um, dogmatic religion, from being a Christian, believing in something dogmatically with not having all the evidence and all the proof. And so um, this this episode and salute to my, my cousin, uh, Slim Limb, Charles, tell us, um, shout out to you, bro, because you made this happen uh, after a conversation that we had. Um, and you was like, yo, you need, to, you need to talk to my partner, Quincy, man. Like he, he went to Jerusalem. Like he, just, he, he studied the Dead Sea Scrolls. Like he knows Hebrew and, and all that. Like, bro, you need to talk to him. Like he, he has some, some answers to some of your questions, man. Like this will be a good episode for you. So that happened. We got connected in the summertime and Quincy came through graciously, um, I just met up with him last week, man. But it's like he he came through graciously and, bro, just blessed a lot of people just giving clarity to the Bible and how it came to be. And basically how, based upon his studies, that it's not the word of God. It's just some stories that people put together. A lot of mistakes have been made. A lot of mistranslations were put together and and somebody slapped the title word of God on it, but it's, you know, it's, it's a book like any other book and it's survived the test of time, but it's not infallible. It's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. And, uh, you know, but with, without further ado, let's just, let's just get into the jewels that Quincy was dropping. Episode 125, Godish. What is the gospel? What is the pure unadulterated yes, gospel? Yes, yes, and that is what I live by. Because the moment this changes is the moment I'm leaving Christianity. Okay. The pure unadulterated gospel, and I can say it in one sentence, but I'll elaborate. For sure. Is love God and do whatever the fuck you want. How convenient is that? Wow. How convenient is fucking that? <laughs> and so to to elaborate on that, is that. Uh, what justifies us or what saves us has already been done in Christ. So all the work that we do as Christians Mm -hmm. isn't to gain things from God, (laughs) you know, to gain favor or to gain heaven. That's already given to you. Then people ask, then why should I do anything at all then if it's all given to me? And that's how I know people are really saved because they realize that what you're doing isn't out of religion but out of response because you really do believe in this guy mm-hmm. if this guy's a joker then you're going to look like the mothers with the big hats and the people who wear all the necessary garb to fulfill religious quotas mm-hmm. because god is checking a list and he's checking it twice mm-hmm. and so what you do is going to be how you're saved because that's how they thought the gospel is mm-hmm. but i'm saying it's the opposite what you do doesn't even matter to your salvation you're only doing it because you want to respond um, out of gratefulness. Whew. Yeah, man. Fire. Fire, bro. So, whew, man, right after that. Golly, one of one of the most listened to episodes for sure. With Oba. Of course, man. Of course. Who else? But episode 127, Church in the Wild. You know, and that on that episode, we discussed um we discussed Kanye and his recent Sunday services. This this episode happened September twenty first is when we put it out, and so this was like on the heels of him releasing his uh, Jesus is King album. It hadn't been out yet, so we were kind of speculating on what that would be. But this is like you know Kanye his Sunday services. He had just bought um, 
the 9,000 acre ranch in Casper, Wyoming. And so we was we was chopping it up about that. And it was just a really good conversation. It was, it was pretty light. But uh, one of one of the most listened to episodes of the year um, across all platforms. So let's let's get into that. Episode 127, Church in the Wild. Well, basically, what you're alluding to is. I believe it was September the 6th, 2019. Man, if you don't stop with the Kanye, man, he bought a $14 million ranch in Cody, Wyoming. It already has eight lodging units, two freshwater lakes, a restaurant, an event center, and meeting facilities. And Cody, Cody, Wyoming, is known as the rodeo capital of the world, whatever that's worth. So, yeah, man, he just made a huge purchase. It sounds like He's gonna have his own Rajneeshi ranch out there. You know what Yo, I mean? He's gonna be like, ranch, he's gonna be like Osho real quick. If we can stop and listen to Osho before Wild Wild Country, you could see. I think that is why. And, and for those that don't know, just go ahead, give them a brief synopsis of Man, what you're talking about. If y'all don't know Osho, Bhagwan, Sri Rajneesh. Yes, Rajneesh. Super dope super dope man um let me just do two more man because i got so many good episodes that i can choose from but um another amazing impactful inspiring story salute to tessa may man she came through and and blessed the podcast and she's um undergoing she's 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 in stage four breast cancer right now she's being treated but she's thriving she is surviving she is winning on all fronts, man. Her life is a blessing. Her story was amazing, very touching, um, but just just so real and so raw and just and she just she just showed me what it is to really think greater than your circumstances. Like she is not breast cancer. Breast cancer does not define her. Like she is she is so much more than her circumstances right now. And she's gonna get through it. She's gonna overcome it. And she's going to continue to spread love and positivity and greatness everywhere she goes, man. She's making viral videos left and right. She is she's and she's just giving so much inspiration to those that are going through the same circumstance that she's in. And it's just like, yo, it don't matter what's going on in your life, man. Like somebody else is fighting too. just know that we're all fighting. We're all in this together. And so let's not judge each other. Let's not make assumptions. Let's just show love and have empathy for for everybody at all levels of life at whatever circumstance they're going through, man. So uh, with that with that being said, let's play a little clip from episode 129, Surviving Breast Cancer with Tessa May. It's like Tessa's going through it, but like she's thriving. Like you are really thriving. That's the best way to heal. Yeah. Like healing doesn't come from depression or sadness or isolation, even mm. though some of those things are inevitable while you're fighting yeah. because you're human. You have feelings. You yeah. go through things that you've never been through before. And so it's a change that many people aren't ready for. So embracing those sad feelings and depression and things like that are good but you don't live in those moments right you have to find ways to get out of them how does this strike you limitless no boundaries go as high as you can go 
Don't allow yourself to be stopped or to stop for anything. Reach to a place that you don't even see. Strive for things that you can't see but you know are there. A lesson lost is a lesson unlearned. Never, ever, ever, ever stop being you. Never be afraid to be you. And most of all, never give up. Because I'm big on that. No matter what happens in your life, never give up. Because I'm fighting and we can fight together. Even in my spirit life, we're going to be fighting. No matter how dark your day gets, there's light on the other side. And you may feel alone more times than not, but you're not. You have people in your corner even when you don't. And always stay focused on positive things because a positive mindset will lead you to positive outcomes. such an amazing sister such a powerful powerful message that she has man just great great energy man that that episode that that conversation was just man it was such great energy that she had just and i'm so mad at myself because i didn't bring my tripod but i had my camera so i just sat my camera like somewhere in the studio and i thought i had it adjusted correctly but I had her head cut off, man, so I, I really wanted to put that on YouTube. And I, and I actually got a lot of footage that I haven't put on YouTube um, that I need to do. So I'll, y'all y'all hold me to that, man. I'm going to put some of the 2019's best footage on, on YouTube for sure, man. And to, to wrap up the year, um, man, a highlight for me was definitely having my son Elijah on the show uh, when I was doing the Hugh Knows series and um, – Man, I, I would say the the two episodes that we did the Thanksgiving that Thanksgiving episode was definitely dope, um, but the next one that we did the Malcolm X 1960 interview that we did, um, just me me being able to properly introduce myself to Malcolm X, man, that was just a, a proud moment in, in fatherhood, and then to hear my son just make sense of what he was hearing, um, and just connect dots of what we had talked about in the previous conversation on the Thanksgiving episode and that story and just learning like what he was taking away from Malcolm and just comparing and contrasting Malcolm and Martin and all of that, man, it was, it was amazing. So uh, without further ado, Hugh knows Malcolm X 1960 interview part one with my son, Elijah Williams. And I want to introduce you to Malcolm. Because I've talked about Martin. I've talked about MLK. Everybody does. Everybody. That's what everybody talking about. Yeah, so, like, that's what, like, what I was talking about last time. Mm-hmm. Our teachers and stuff, they will take their side of the story. Right, the European And side. then, if you really want them to try to believe, because the teachers, they don't tell the bad stuff about what that person did. Right. And so, you tell them the bad stuff about what that person did. And then what the outcome of that was, and you would make the other person feel bad. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm sorry, or like something like that. <laughs> wow. 
what did, what did they say? I'm sorry. A good uh, example of that last year was mentioned in Jet, where this uh, so-called Negro from Florida uh, spoke with a French accent in Mississippi. In a... Have you ever heard someone call another person a Negro? Mom calls me that sometimes. <laughs> She's like, Negro, you better get up or something like that. <laughs> Mom is the only one <laughs> that has said that in your lifetime? Titi Lily. I said in introducing you earlier that your group has been charged with being anti-white, anti-Semitic, and a kind of black Ku Klux Klan. Now, you've heard that charge before. Yes, sir. And Ku Klux Klan? So All of that he said. Oh, so anti-white just means that he doesn't like white people. Okay. Anti-Semitic means... But don't they not like him? Yes, exactly. So, why would you why would you get charged for the same thing that you do? That, it's very... That makes no sense. It makes no sense. It's very hypocritical, but that is very common in the history of America. Kind of black Ku Klux Klan. Ku Klux Klan. So the Ku Klux Klan are um, white terrorist organ, a white Christian terrorist organization. First of all, how can you be Christian and be a terrorist? That's a great question. But it it happened for decades. People are so dumb. All right, y'all. So that does it, man, for 2019. What an amazing year. Salute to you all, everyone that's listening, all the Socks and Sandals family all across the world. Man, I appreciate y'all. I love you all. Thank you for your interaction, for sharing the show, um, for for going on iTunes and giving five stars. Thank you for that, for going on and, and leaving comments on iTunes. Thank you so much. All of that goes a long way. It means everything to me. So I appreciate all the love and support for 2019. Just know that 20, 2020 is going to be bigger and better. And like I said on the previous episode, Socks and Sandals will still exist. But the new podcast that is to be announced, it's going to be it's going to be even better. It's going to be even better, man. We only going up. We're only moving forward. We're only making progress. So socks and sandals will still exist and you still going to hear me every week. Um, but we also going we going to transition into that into that new level, you know. And so be on the lookout for that. But once again, y'all, I love you guys. I appreciate you. If you have any questions, any comments, hit me up um, at SXSNDLS on Twitter or you can simply search socks and sandals podcast on Twitter. Or search Socks and Sandals Podcast on Instagram. Uh, if you are looking to start your own podcast and want consultation or coaching on that process, email me, Socks and Sandals Podcast at gmail.com. All right. So, once again, Socks and Sandals Podcast where society, culture, history, and religion collide, and we unapologetically discuss our worldviews. Holla at y'all next week. Grace and peace.